Handle on the News. Handle on the News! What's your first thought? That's crazy. How could that be? Weren't you angry? I don't remember being angry. I thought it's crazy to fire. Bill Handle. All right, it's Friday now, uh, April the 4th, and uh, maybe today my voice has come back 100%. Yesterday, a little bit raggedy towards the end of the uh, show, but I'm thinking I am taking more steroids right now that if you were to uh, take a look, if I were to show you, uh, my, my balls are the size of raisins. Oh, no, but your biceps are enormous. They are, and I can run the 100 faster than anybody you've ever seen. Thanks okay. Good. Sharing. Well, we're all happy that you're. Pardon, that you're sorry, on top Amy. Of Thanks for sharing. <laughs> you're, is that TMI? Yeah. Okay. All right. There's Amy uh, on Monday. Jennifer Jones Lee comes back, uh, and it's uh, good to have you here for this week. Sort of. Thank you. Yeah, kind of. It's been good to be here. Yeah, and sure, not even sort of. It sure has, hasn't it? <laughs> Especially from your side, uh, Wayne. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, there's Alex. Morning. And Curtis is in for John Ramirez. Curtis, what's your last name? Poindexter. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Are we saying where John is? Uh, I don't. I don't think. Yeah. Is it? John is getting, getting married, married this tomorrow. weekend. Getting yeah. married to a woman. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's he all. Sounds surprised. Which part sort of it? Of, are, wait, which part of sort it are you surprised of, by? What? Which part of it are you surprised by? That he's getting married, or that it's to a woman? Uh, I don't know yet. Let's flip a coin, okay? Oh, All right, uh, an announcement before we start Handle on the News. Oh, yeah. Uh, donate now to help the American Red Cross Initiative to Get Prepared California. And you and a guest will mix and mingle with the KFI crew for an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space, a 1,000 feet above the city on top of the U.S. Bank Tower. You can meet the whole team. There's a live Q&A session, photo opportunities. Uh, handles good. We're going to have Handle in a dunk tank. No, we and are not. No, we are Sky, not. I just decided we will. Unlimited sky slide rides, which is the, outside the building, a plexiglass slide that you go down and have a heart attack following the mixer. You have to be 21 years or older to attend. I'm not going to be saying this. This will be the last time I say that line. We have limited tickets, so get them before they're gone. I'm saying know, that all week. I don't even know what that means. Well, it's a, it's. Oh, too, I know what it means, but at numbers. It's trying to create a, create a scarcity feeling in the listener. I understand. So, what you don't mention is. Uh, I mean, there are. All they have to do is open up another floor. If they have one. If they have one, because they've already. I have no idea. Anyway, as of this moment, there are limited tickets, and okay. you better get them before they're gone. For more details, log on to kfiam640.com. Search the word. Mixer. You got it. All right, guys. You ready to do it? Handle on the news. Uh, Amy King in for Jennifer today. Wayne Resnick and me. And lead story. I don't know where I'm going to go on the volcano. Kilauea volcano erupts again. I think Kilauea is the most active volcano in the world, isn't it? I we're certainly you There are may correct. be some in Norway, but they're out in the middle of Forfin land out there that no one has any idea where they are. I mean, this is right in, it's right next to people where people live. Oh, yeah. They say that, like, uh, they call them volcano side homes, that people live right there. And you can't do anything. If the lava starts going, you can just kiss it goodbye. It just, it's eat. It's the attack of the lava monster. And the lava is flowing down the, some of the sh- city streets. Jesus. I mean, and, you know, people, 
the same thing is going to happen with uh, this global warming business. You go down to uh, Malibu, for example, to the colony, and you pay $18 million, $25, $35 million for a house. You're going to – that's what they call it, by the way, the colony. Oh, they do call oh, it Oh, yeah, that? yeah. There's one section called the colony where, oh, man, the, the, the homes there are beyond insanely expensive. Of course. Right on the water. They're going to be on stilts. There won't be any sand in 10 years. So it won't be beachfront. It will be waterfront. Homes. It will be. Uh, it'll be like Louisiana. It'll be like uh, uh, the Keys, maybe. You know, or parts of uh, the Gulf Coast, where literally the houses are on stilts because when the tide goes in, or during uh, stormy season, your if your house isn't ten feet off uh, of uh, the foundation, something's wrong. Speaking of stormy season. Yeah, very good. Whoa. Nicely done. Michael Cohen's phone wasn't tapped. It was penned. You used to call me on my cell phone. Yeah, feds obtain a pen register. They basically, It's like a call log. It's a real-time log, before yesterday. which is less invasive because sure, they don't it, know what's being talked about. Right. They just know what numbers are being called or are calling in. And yeah. do we believe that they don't know what's being talked about, that they're not actually listening in? Just I, No, I think the feds are pretty careful about this. Oh, okay. And the reason the feds are being real careful, because all of this is, number one, going to be attacked by very good lawyers. And number two, if there is any discrepancy in terms of what they do and not following the rules uh, that will immediately become public and undercut credibility of the feds on this one. So I think they're going to be particularly careful. And then uh, later on, I want to talk to uh, John Thomas, nine o'clock. I want to talk about this. I have some theories about the politics of all this uh, and the possibility of uh, they're now saying of Donald Trump taking the fifth amendment Mm, and that's... why I I don't think it's going to hurt him at all to take the fifth. Except that they're going to go and they're going to play all those different cuts of him going, I just think if you plead the fifth, you're probably guilty. That's fine. <laughs> they, but, it, but it's I, not going to hurt him. It's not going to hurt him at all. It'll be the only president who has ever been a president that would be able to take a fifth and get away with it. And I'll explain that later on, too. Uh, Twitter says change your password, all of you. All 336 million users oh, because, on. well, because they they say it was a bug in their system. Uh, the bottom line is your password was being stored in their system without any encryption. Right. So uh, the company says there's no evidence that the passwords were leaked or misused. Now, you can take that in one of two ways. Number one, it wasn't. Or number two, we haven't found it yet or figured out if it has happened. Yeah. Uh, because the hackers are a lot smarter than they are. So we should mark our calendars for like six months from now because it seems like that's the lag time before people finally fess up that something actually Oh, absolutely. Bad and I saw, there goes mine. Bill or went, if you start tweeting yeah. that you love everyone and want to give everyone hugs, we will know your password was compromised. Right. And uh, so there goes my password. So I might as well release it. Bill123. <laughs> Damn it. He didn't even want the one, two, three. He tried to just to be Bill, but they said, no, you have to have a, at least one numeral in it. All right, we're going to come back and do more and your chance to win $1,000. Okay. KFI Handle here. It is a oh, Friday, April the uh, 4th. And let's go back. Except more. it's May, it's May 4th. the 4th. Oh, did I say that? Well, yeah. It says April up there. Does it? Honest to God, Whoa! it says... It, she put April up there because I don't pay attention to the actual date. I don't care. I just read. Wow. I just read. I read it. There, uh, that's on Alex. That was me. Here we go. So let oh, me look what she did. Then she didn't write May. Yeah, she didn't. All, All right. So, right. So let me. Okay. 
Let me do that again. Hi, I'm Bill Handel. <laughs> it is Friday, May the 4th. Be with you. Yes. Star Wars Day. Okay, let's let's do it. More Handel on the news. Uh, Amy King in for Jennifer, Wayne Resnick, and me. And we have a former LAPD oh, sergeant. Oh, first of all, you're right. Hold on, Curtis, thank oh. you. Contest, I know. Contest. Because it's because it, there's nothing more important in our lives in this context. Was that not contest. on that board for you? Uh, no, of course not. Okay. All right, uh, Curtis, thank you. Uh, let's do the contest. <laughs> You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. The winner is notified with a phone call, which you must answer. Like Denman in La Habra did, he won $1,000. Next chance to win, next hour. All right, now we're back. You were saying, Amy. I was. All right, Amy, more news. Absolutely. The former LAPD sergeant who uh, spent some time in prison tied to the Rodney King beating has been arrested on suspicion of DUI. No more drinks for me. Does the name Stacy Kuhn sound familiar? He's 67 now. Well, this was when was Rodney King? It was what, 20 years ago? When was it? There was 90. Well, the 91. riots were in 92. Right. But then and the, then the federal prosecution was, next, was well, right was, after that. Well, yeah. first of all, you had the state of which uh, that Ethiopian uh, attorney. Remember, he had come from Ethiopia and spoke with that sort of British-like accent. Uh, he got them off. At, oh, right. He got the them state off level in, Simi in Simi Valley. Valley. Simi Valley. Not guilty. And it just stunned everyone. Well, that, of course, started the riots. Uh, and uh, then the feds got him, uh, and he uh, had 30 months in jail for violation of Rodney King's civil rights. And uh, he spent the entire 30 months in jail, every minute. Anyway, so he's been arrested for drunk driving, uh, and uh, the cops showed up. Usually, if you're a former cop, they give you some kind of a break. But not when it comes to drunk driving, I don't think. You know, a cop who shows his badge, or a retired cop, is probably not going to get a ticket. Probably not going to get nailed for speeding unless he's doing 120 miles an hour. But drunk driving, they're pretty careful about. CHP noted he was polite and cooperative yep. during oh, the of investigation. Course. Oh, yeah. He didn't want to get... Uh... He knows better than anyone what can happen if you yes. don't comply. That's true. Uh, well, authorities were looking for a missing man, and they found him. Long Beach. Found parts of him, and sort of... Well, they found remains, remains of a human body uh, buried in a yard in Long Beach. Uh, yeah. This is a guy who disappeared in October, and they had they had a search warrant to go look in the yard because they got evidence that he might be buried in the yard. And yeah, he was. It, yeah, it was a, the, a boy. His boyfriend uh, of seven years always suspected something was wrong. Uh, he went to uh, I think another place, and he, yeah. a neighbor said, uh, "Call the police." Said, "Here's the, the people are there, and they're dealing with a body." So anyway, they're going to tie it together, even though there's been no evidence uh, in you know confirming who he is, identifying him. But they will. Yeah, the coroner has the body. Yeah, there's no it question. Out. So the judge has told the suspected Golden State killer, hand it over. Yesterday, Wayne and I talked about this. So uh, the prosecutors wanted DNA evidence. Uh, they wanted to take photos of his genitals because uh, he is described as being extraordinarily small genitals. Oh, come on, big deal. I mean, uh, you know, he converted to Judaism. That's a given. And uh, he, uh, more fingerprints. And his attorney said, no, it's self-incriminating. You know, it's 
the courts have over and over and over again saying this is not the Fifth Amendment. This is not self-incriminating. I mean, it may be incriminating, uh, but uh, this is not testimonial in nature. The Fifth Amendment has to do with testifying against yourself. Not evidence. Not showing your junk. No, your junk or handwriting analysis or DNA swabs. Or being or, forced to unencrypt your phone. Yeah, that's all legit. So anyway, of course, the courts went the other way. Speaking of DNA. Oh, what a uh, story. This woman, this woman who grew up in L.A., um, she always knew something was up because she had two sisters and they were both blonde and blue-eyed and she was not. And her mom didn't like to really talk about her dad. I guess, I, I guess you know, her mom had a brief dalliance with a man that produced her. So then, later, she wasn't really trying to find her father, but she did want to find out her ancestry. So she did the Ancestry.com thing and submitted her DNA. She gets the results. She gets a list of people that she has a partial match with. And one of them is a guy, and it says, this is your parent or child. And it turns out it's her dad. And they live 12 miles away from each other. Surprise! Surprise! It's me. And even though they grew up in L.A., I was they he, both live at, he I, had moved to Spokane. And she had moved. And she had moved to Spokane. What a coincidence that is. That's like identical twins who end up marrying. Yeah. Like, yeah, use the same toothpaste. And, kind of you know, the you some weird, weird stuff. Yeah. Marry the same kind of guy. And uh, so they had a great reunion. Then, so. yeah, That's good. super cool. Yeah. The Here, good here's another. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's take a break. Yeah, because oh, okay. this is a, another great story of uh, one of those DNA tests that you can send away from. This is actually very funny. We'll come back. Hey, if I handle here on a Friday morning, it's uh, free movie Friday. Adam Tickets is back giving you a chance to win at free movie tickets. So you text them to reporter to Adam1 for your chance to win. And this is the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends if you have any, because I don't. Pre-order concessions uh, all from your phone and skip the lines. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Does anybody pay for text rates anymore? I think they come included in your phones unless you so, go, yeah. unless you have like a really small package yeah. and it, it's uh, and you go over anyway. So much for that. Okay, back we go. More handle on the news. Uh, Amy King in for Jennifer uh, until well, today's her last day, and and Wayne, then I go back to my normals. Uh, your normal stuff here. Yeah. And uh, Wayne Resnick, who also comes back on Monday. Yep. And uh, me. And DNA testing kits can miss kind of important things, like whether you walk on two or four feet. All right, some journalists from uh, the I NBC... Think, I don't think Kurt is paying attention. That's all right. Some journalists from uh, NBC5 in Chicago That's decided... Awesome. Well, go. now it's... Now, yeah. Good timing, Curtis. Well done. Yeah, wrong Yeah, wrong song. Next story. Yeah, no. there's, a, there's a reason John's coming back on Monday. Okay. Uh, so they said, let's test it, and they sent in different samples, and they found two things. One thing they found is... You will get different results about your heritage from all these different from companies. different companies. And the other thing is, they sent in uh, a sample from one of their dogs, Bailey the dog, and the report that they got back. Well, most of the companies said we can't read this DNA. We don't know what's going on here. And one company sent back a whole report, not knowing that it was a dog, a Labrador Retriever. <laughs> right. But it did say that. Uh, 
he had superb muscle power okay. and cardiac output. And that makes sense and that, for the size. Uh, he, he had superb power and cardiac output? Yeah. And uh, Did Donald Trump dictate that report I for know. the dog? That's so funny. <laughs> I, uh, I remember that uh, motorhome chase earlier this week. And uh, they recovered the children that were in the motorhome and the motorhome, but the guy was missing. Well, he's been caught. Curtis, he's been caught. Curtis, he's been caught music. Oh, boy. Curtis is like, is it they found him hiding? <laughs> they found him hiding in a rail car. He was taken into custody. Yeah, he ran when he, uh, and they lost him, which is very unusual. And so they're chasing him, low-speed chase, uh, because they don't do high-speed chases anymore. The kids were in the car. They were perfectly safe. But he's going to get nailed. Uh, he's just, he's going to jail for a long time. Yeah. Interesting that he got 100 miles away before he got caught. Well, you can go 200 miles. They'll, so, you'll, they'll follow you at a slow speed for whatever amount of gasoline you have in your tanks. Right. But remember, this was the guy in the RV Yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah, he, he started ditched, over here. Right. Yeah. And went up to Kern County. That he ditched the RV and then ran off into an almond grove. They oh, you're right. Him oh, oh, he found him 100 miles away because it's about 40 miles from here, right? Where he ended Where up? Where he ended up? No, Kern County's farther than that. Is it a hundred miles? It's north of Castaic. Yeah. yeah. Was he oh, way north? Yeah. Okay, so it may be 60, 70 miles. Yeah. Or so longer. All right. he got out to Barstow somehow. But anyway, uh, they say that, uh, or this guy says he's the one they're targeting. But he says I didn't do it. Representative Tony Cardenas. San Fernando Valley Dem- Democrat, who I happen to know, by the way. Uh, I've known Tony for uh, a good long time. The reason uh, I call him Tony is he won't let you call him congressman. Uh, he There's no ego with Tony at all. And he, um, he's been accused of, uh, what, uh, back in 2007, uh, molesting uh, a and then teenage girl. No corroboration at all. And uh, at least uh, the LA Times is making that point. There haven't been any other allegations. And she said, uh, w- when she was asked, why are you bringing this up? The Me Too movement. And uh, there you are. Uh, this thing is going to swing back big time. And I feel really bad for the Me Too movement because what it's going to do is it's going to undercut the legitimacy of those people who really were sexually exploited. I'm not saying this didn't happen, but I'm saying you're going to see thousands of these come up. Oh, 20 years ago this happened. Now I remember, 15 years ago. And, well, you're going to see the pendulum swing, I guarantee you. Uh, Especially if you're talking about one allegation, one, in 20 years. And it goes back, it's not Charlie Rose, who now I think Charlie Rose has 130 or 280 or whatever the hell number of women coming forward and saying he did it. Matter of fact, he didn't have time to do his TV show. What do Bill Cosby and Roman Polanski have in common? Yes, that, but also they've both been kicked out of the Academy. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. They Remember after uh, Harvey Weinstein broke with all of his horribleness, and they revised their standards for being a member of the Academy, and with the new standards, they have kicked both uh, Cosby and Polanski out. And apparently... Weinstein out, Cosby out, Polanski out. Now, before that, the only guy who ever got kicked out was a guy who shared his DVD screeners. <laughs> there you are. I he's think he's about when I watch like, my screeners. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, maybe I, I could come back in. There, now? Have you ever seen a DVD screener? 
Uh, I think most of us have. Yeah, uh, you sure, know, this, sure. It is every other word. You're going to go to jail for five years, $250,000 fine if you share this with anybody. If you take it in the other room and play it on that other DVD, you're going to jail if for five years. If you're watching it and your neighbor is walking by, walking That's his right. dog, and happens to look in the window and I catch don't. a glimpse, yeah, out. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, I can understand Cosby now being tossed out because it's, Obviously, recent allegations and recent discovery. But Roman Polanski, they've known about him for 40 years. Right, but that didn't stop him from giving a standing ovation. So it's kind of like maybe now they're finally going, oh, I guess maybe we shouldn't revere this person. Yeah, who got a standing ovation? Polanski. Who, yeah, no, I know that. Oh. But um, uh, who else? The, it was uh, the guy who directed uh, On the Waterfront. Uh, and uh, he uh, got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, and, and he had uh, named name, names, names in yeah, the he had communist witch hunt. Yeah, yeah, Elia Kazan. And uh, he, uh, that was huge controversy. Huge controversy there. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and uh, we'll finish this up. Oh, oh, this is so exciting. This <laughs> was a case that I followed for such a long time, and it finally came to fruition. Yes. KFI AM 640. Hey. Camp High, AM 640, Bill Handel here on a Friday. Uh, big stories uh, that we're covering. Uh, Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani yesterday on Hannity, I mean, or the day before, just crazy, crazy. And we'll be talking to uh, Aaron Katursky more on the Cohen monitoring. Uh, that's coming up at 7 o'clock. Okay, let's go ahead and finish Handel on the news with uh, Amy King filling in for Jennifer and Wayne Resnick and me and... Uh, probably the biggest story of the year so far. I think we could just call this guy the pooper intendant. Wow. Wow. Very good. And uh, this is state. Uh, this is a story uh, that came out, and I absolutely love this. It's out uh, of New Manmouth, Jersey. Uh, yeah, and uh, Monmouth County, and uh, they were trying to look for the crapper. <laughs> the guy who just was defecating like all over this school. Yeah, especially at near the track and and yeah. uh, and the football field, and it was happening a lot. They're like they, you know, stumble on a pile of crap on almost a daily basis, and yep. so they said we got to find out who this guy is. They set up a sting. Set up a little sting. And operation. they got him. They, there he was. They didn't have to do DNA or anything. Uh, can and, you, can you, those are a lot of fun, you know, when you do uh, those tests. The tests? Yeah, stool, t- stool tests. Uh, yeah. You know, they, examinations. Yeah, they could with the DNA, but they got them. They didn't even have to because they caught them in the act. Right. We had one of those here at KFI. Did you know that? In the building? Uh, in the parking lot. Now, it's urban myth, except I was told by those in the know. Sources that it was, say. Sources say. Uh, uh, absolutely true. But that's the same people that were in the OR with uh, Richard Gere when he had the gerbil go up his rear end. Okay, so did we, did we uh, reveal, though, that this was the, uh, moving right along, that it was the superintendent of the school <laughs> yeah, district that was doing this. That was right. He was running at the track right near the school, and he would be running every day. So. Um, oh, is that why he was doing it? It's like when I take my dog for a walk and yeah, I have to take a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. and you join your dog, solidarity. <laughs> your dog, uh, dog squats, you squat. That's a real close relationship with your dog. Why don't we just move on, okay? I well, think we have speaking, enough of that. speaking of poop, 
Uh, there are some people who have to come across poop and they don't want to anymore, and it's Caltrans workers. They have filed a grievance with the state basically saying, you know, our job does involve clearing brush, picking up uh, discarded aluminum cans, but we didn't sign on for cleaning up this homeless encampments with the human waste and the hypodermic needles. And so they want a 10% pay increase for workers who have to do that. They want to have properly outfitted hazmat crews to clear up the homeless encampments and vaccinations for the yeah, workers yeah, on the hazmat crews. outfits. And this is the, I don't think there's the union anything unreasonable no. about this. And it depends on what the collective bargaining uh, agreement is because it's a union right. that's filing a grievance. And that is if the collective bargaining agreement says general cleanup, they're... That's their problem. Now, they can still argue for the hazmat outfits. And that's what they're arguing. They want a 10% raise. But I don't think that's going to happen if the collective bargaining agreement includes virtually everything. But certainly the safety gear and all of that, there's no issue about that. Yeah, they would. I, if I worked there, I would just say, you know, you pick up that needle. I mean, come on. You get fired for that. I know, but then I would sue. Oh, of course you would. All right. Okay. Safety experts say Missouri would be brainless to repeal this law. Head out on the it's the helmet, the motorcycle helmet law. Yeah, they're more and more states it. are repealing them because under uh, the federal government, uh, this was it's federally mandated, and uh, it's uh, the the government is basically took away uh, the war gave the power to the states to remove the helmet law, and it's the old argument that no one can tell me what to do. Although one of the arguments for it was that when motorcyclists would get in the wrecks. And didn't have a helmet on, they were more seriously damaged. And then, if you didn't have insurance, then it cost the state system more to. That's you know, assuming they don't have insurance. So, what they they're an end around of that is saying if you're going to not wear a helmet, you have to have insurance. But you have to have insurance anyway, so it doesn't change anything. Right. Although this law that would repeal it would uh, tell people that they, they had have a, to, a million dollars of yeah, insurance. Yeah, they have to have a minimum of a million, as opposed to fifteen thirty, which we have here. There's another side to this. Uh, which actually makes sense for the repealing of the law. And that is that if you wear a helmet, uh, you're going to walk away from more accidents. Mm -hmm. But where you would otherwise be severely traumatized, you'd have a serious brain trauma injury, you'll die without a helmet. And it's a lot cheaper to let you die than it is to put you in a facility for the rest of your life. It's just a question of stats. Which is cheaper? Allowing people to die without helmets or having helmets and therefore you're gonna it's gonna cost the state more when they go in the hospital with a serious trauma. I don't care. You can as far as I'm concerned, you can bash your brains all day long. You could take a mix master and throw your head in there. And it's all it's up to you. But as far as my tax money, well that's where the issue is. That's where the whole issue is. Let's take a break. We're done, aren't we? Oh, we got through 14 stories. Yeah. Not bad. Okay. Uh, coming up at 7 o'clock in just a moment, Aaron Katursky on the Cohen phone monitoring. There's all kinds of new news relating to uh, Michael Cohen and the president and who's in charge and who isn't. Oh, this is actually getting wonderful. This is KFI AM 640. So I drive a taxi and a track. All right, KFI handle here on a Friday morning. 
Coming up at 8 o'clock, uh, we're talking tech with Leo Laporte. The biggest stories that we're covering, uh, if you happen to live in Hawaii and you're near the uh, Kalawea volcano area, you're going to die. <laughs> it's just that simple uh, because it is erupting. 1,500 people are under mandatory evacuation orders, and uh, that's a lot of fun. Okay, that's Aaron, right? Aaron Katursky, good morning. Good morning to you. Okay, now... Uh, this whole thing with uh, the probe, the Russia probe, and Mueller has, of course, gotten better and better because now Rudy Giuliani uh, goes on Hannity, <laughs> completely contradicts everything that the president, Michael Cohen, have said. And one of the big stories that have come out of that is that we have now got information that the feds have actually picked up and have tracked Michael Cohen's phone calls, one of which... Uh, you know, in this one, I how big a deal is this? There was one call from him to the White House uh, subsequent to the story breaking and that Stormy Daniels story breaking. So, um, you know, tell me what's going on with that. I mean, ultimately, I think it, it, it's significant because we know that the feds have been gathering information on Michael Cohen for a long time prior to the raid that yielded all these documents and recordings that they're now trying to sift through for privilege. But before that, we know that they were tracking his phone calls, not listening to the conversations on a wiretap, but through what's called a pen register. They're able to see what numbers are being called and what numbers are calling in. So they know effectively who Michael Cohen is talking to and for how long, uh, even if they don't know the substance of the, of the conversation. But they also were up on his emails, and, and that seems to be more significant. So they, they, they know what he was you know, emailing about in real time, and, and this all... I think goes to show that there was probable cause well before the raid to, um, to, to, to think that Michael Cohen committed a crime. So what is it that got it all started that uh, put him on the radar? Well, it, precisely, we don't know, but we can make an educated guess that the $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels is certainly um, questionable. And, and remember, he said he did it through a home equity line of credit. He um, not did it true. his own volition. Not true. And now we hear that the payment was uh, repaid. But Rudy Giuliani says very carefully it was paid through an ordinary retainer fee that, that Trump had given to, yeah. to, to Cohen, as any client and, and, and uh, attorney would have in their relationship. Which is and, a crock. And the president didn't even know about it. Yeah, which is a crock. I mean, that, none of that is true. I mean, just the way... Uh, every story makes absolutely no sense. Well, uh, and, and that's where these phone calls and emails come in, right, Bill? Because if the feds already have records that show maybe he was talking with urgency uh, to Stormy Daniels' attorney, uh, who was a different guy back then, um, Keith Davidson, maybe he mentioned the campaign. And, and even Rudy Giuliani says, can you imagine if this had come out on October 2016? And that made everybody go, well, yeah. And, and made people curious as to whether this was, in fact, about the campaign. And if it was, there's a potential violation there. Yeah, I think, uh, well, it, most of what's being said, uh, the president, uh, in fact, contradicting himself. I mean, between him, Rudy Giuliani, Michael Cohen, everybody else involved in this, they're changing the stories uh, like I change underwear about once a week. <laughs> and it is, uh, it, it's, it astounds me. And I have some theories about this, which I'm going to share in a few minutes. And it is, uh, but none of this was, uh, none of this was under oath. So well, th that changes no. it completely, right? 
Well, in, in Rudy Giuliani's mind, you know, no one has said anything under oath. No one has, has lied to investigators. No one has uh, violated campaign finance rules because this was all personal funds with, you know, done at, at, at personal expense. Um, but I, I think that an investigator is going to want to look at the money and how it was moved and was it properly reported. I mean, if you can use a standard attorney retainer to make that kind of a hush payment, um, does it have to be reported to the IRS in a certain way? And if so, was it? Uh, it so there are all these questions when you move large amounts of money around like that. Um, you know, the, 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 the banking and tax laws are, are fairly specific. Now, they're going to have to tie in money paid to uh, Stormy Daniels or to anybody, uh, hush money, as it were, for an NDA uh, to the campaign. Uh, Giuliani is arguing this is uh, a private citizen. Uh, this is Donald Trump, and this has happened before, which is hilarious. Uh, and then Michael Cohen was just given tons of money. Here, pay off anybody you want. You just take care of it. Here's $35,000 a month. Part of it's a retainer. Part of it isn't. Uh, part of it is in a fund. If anybody bitches or uh, complains about uh, anything, uh, go ahead and pay him off because that's yep. Donald Trump. I'm sure he's got dozens of these over the years, we know he's settled a lot of cases uh, in which he, the accusations were extraordinary, and all of them have NDAs involved. How is that going to hurt him? Well, it, I, you know, listen, politically, I don't know that it hurts him. It's, it's um, you know, I, I think people understood who Donald Trump was when they voted for him. So, you know, all that may be priced in. But the question is legally if it, if it passes muster. And, and if Rudy Giuliani... In, in his Fox interview, brought up October 2016, and can you imagine if it had come out on the eve of the campaign? Like, that's the whole point. If that's why this agreement ultimately was made, and if there are documents, which yeah. Stormy Daniels' attorney says there are, to show that there was an urgency that, that uh, maybe Michael Cohen said, hey, the president really wants to get this, or the president, uh, or, or at the time, candidate. Know, the candidate wants to get this done. Um, you know, if there are statements like that, that's going to muddy the water's significantly. And, and, that, and so I think that's why some of the other members of the Trump legal team were really surprised uh, when, when Rudy Giuliani said Oh, yeah. I've been mean, hearing the word uh, just uh, flabbergasted, uh, ignored. I mean, just crazy. Um, one other one, even if uh, all of this is true, uh, I think that uh, that Donald Trump has a technical out because even if it was the night of the election, the eve of the election, or within a couple of weeks of the election, it uh, it could be coincidence unless there is hard proof we're doing this to affect the election. If yeah. if that if none of that is there, you know there's uh, there is not going to be. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a, any kind of court case open up. Certainly not re related to campaign finance, and and you know that may be a tall order, but still, we know that White House aides have told us privately they're really worried about the Cohen case, and and even if it's clean from a campaign finance perspective, um, you know Michael Cohen could still be uh, under investigation for other payments, for you know tax and 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 bank violations, and then you you wonder does he come under pressure to to cooperate, say what he knows about other things, you know, and, and once you start questioning the intent and the uh, the prior knowledge, that's where you, yeah, it's a mess. slippery legal slope comes For in. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Aaron.
All right. Thank you, Bill. All right. We'll talk again, certainly, on this issue. All right. When we come back, I'm going to give you some theories. Why I don't think if this even this blows up, uh, why, how it's going to hurt Donald Trump. I don't think it is. And even if he takes the Fifth Amendment, the only president to ever have done so, that's not even going to hurt him. And I'll explain why. And in the meantime, uh, when we come back, also your chance to win a thousand bucks. This is KFI AM 640, Bill Handel Show. Uh, he's MIA at the moment. I uh, don't see him in the newsroom. Check a look for It's him? not because he's not interested in the topic. He's extremely interested to get into, uh, you know, when a president took the Fifth Amendment. Uh, well, it might be. Well, here's the deal. I mean, I don't want to rain on his parade. Uh, it might be premature. At, ah, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Bill Handel returns again. We missed you. Just a particularly long urination episode. That's all. <laughs> no. Is, is that TMI? Okay, here's your chance to... Uh, I thought you had already done that. When you could, you would come in and see what I'm doing now. No, I was trying to... I was trying no, to no, no, no. Uh, we can make this... You, we could have fooled everybody. And here's why. Here's how. Is all you have to do is come back and say, here's your chance to win some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, you do the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then by then I'm running back. And people have no idea what happened. Except I'm breathing hard from running down the hall. Right, and they, and you wouldn't have been breathing hard when you said, here's your chance to win $1,000, so they would wonder what happened between you saying, here's your chance to win $1,000, and then they play the little thing, and then you're breathing hard. That's because I'm excited about uh, the $1,000 $1, you may win. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. The winner is notified with a phone call, which you must answer. Like Denman in La Habra did, he won $1,000. Next chance to win, next hour. All right, back we go. Uh, we just talked to Aaron Katursky in the changes that have happened in the last few days with uh, the collusion, Donald Trump, potential obstruction of justice issue. And uh, a couple of major issues have come up. The big one is Rudy Giuliani, who uh, was on the Hannity show, and he sandbagged the entire legal team uh, that Trump had. They had no idea that he was going to go on the Hannity show and say what he did. And effectively what he did is contradict everything that Michael Cohen has said and everything that Donald Trump has said about that $130,000 that went to Stormy Daniels. Uh, we now know, according to Rudy Giuliani, that, oh, yeah, Trump did pay it, but he didn't pay it in $130,000. He did it in a way that he paid the retainer to Michael Cohen, thirty-five grand a month, and out of that was the money that was used to pay Stormy Daniels. So it really isn't, here's $130,000 hush money, uh, but the president paid it. Did he know about it? I don't know if he knew about it. Not to my knowledge that he know about it. And, of course, the president last time said, I didn't know anything about it. I wonder if he's going to now admit that he knew something about it. I'm, I'm sure not. 
So that issue is uh, at stake, and uh, there is a, a big problem with that, which I'll cover in just a moment. And then the feds uh, have, in fact, tracked Michael Cohen's phone calls and picked up his emails to find out if there is, in fact, any wrongdoing between the president and Michael Cohen regarding the campaign. For example, paying off Stormy Daniels a couple of weeks before the election. And does that mean that it was done for the purpose of interfering with the election? That is a crime. If it wasn't reported, which it was not, that the money was paid, is that violation of campaign laws? And here's what Rudy Giuliani said. Because it was Donald Trump's personal money, notwithstanding the fact that he lied through his teeth, uh, which, of course, he didn't say, but that's the fact, uh, it wasn't. It was personal money and not paid by the campaign, and uh, everybody's shaking their heads. So all of this leads to two things. Is Michael Cohen going to flip? And as of right now, I'm hearing both sides of that, flip against the president. We know, uh, we've been hearing from pretty good sources that he's going to take the Fifth Amendment. And if he does, of course, uh, that ends the conversation unless there's enough evidence for him to tag the president, then they give him immunity and he has to testify. And this is meeting with Mueller, right? Uh, or yeah. is this somebody? No, okay, this is, no, this is in general. This is any allegation whatsoever, but okay. also meeting with Mueller. Uh, but at this point, it's no, I think, it, yes, at this point, if they give him immunity, uh, he's got to testify. Because he just said outside, he was getting on, on the Marine One to go to Dallas. And he just said, oh, yeah, I would like to talk to Robert Mueller and said that he would do it if there was a way to make sure he would be treated fairly and said he might even kind of override his team and and talk to him. Are you talking about the president? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The president's not going to do that unless he has so much hubris going on that he thinks that he is going to fight against Robert Mueller. He's going to go face to face. And since he is the better uh, negotiator, since he's so much smarter than Mueller uh, and he's done so many depositions in his business life, and he's considered a pretty good witness, incidentally, from what I have understand, uh, under, uh, understand, he has done a good job. But he hasn't gone up against Mueller. He has not gone up against a criminal, uh, criminal uh, prosecution like this one. Mueller is very, very good, and the way they do it is a whole different level. Now, the issue is, if it turns out that uh, they're tagging him, the president may take the fifth. That's a possibility. And herein lies my issue. If the president takes the fifth, it's not going to hurt him. Politically, any other president would be destroyed if he took the fifth. What it's going to do is if he has to take the fifth, is simply going to bolster his argument that this whole thing is a witch hunt. And the fifth is the only way he can stop the witch hunt. What he says is absolutely true, but he knows that Mueller is concocting information that is that he wants to trap the president. Therefore, the president takes the fifth, and it's proof that this whole thing is nothing but a political witch hunt. That's the way he's going to spin it, and that's the way it's going to be bought by his base. I mean, there's nothing this man can do. Nothing. What did he say he could do? He could walk down That's true. Walk down Broadway, shoot someone at noon, and his base would still back him up. Absolutely true. While, while, While writing checks to people watching him, to all the women he allegedly screwed, with his checkbook open. Taking a break, come back. Uh, the L.A., city of L.A., suing nine drug companies. And I'm talking about big-time drug companies. Why? Well, that's coming up. KFI AM 640. Handle here 
on a uh, Friday morning. Some of the big stories that we're covering is uh, still the aftermath of the Rudy Giuliani interview with Sean Hannity. Even Hannity was stunned. He, he, Hannity, what? What are you saying? And there's a volcano exploding, uh, erupting in Hawaii. So there's a, a lot going on today. All right. Uh, here is a story. And uh, this has no surprise here. And uh, the city of Los Angeles is accusing the top drug makers. And I'm talking about the manufacturers, the, the big ones. Accusing and the distributors of fueling the nation's opioid epidemic. How? Well, deceptive marketing aimed at boosting sales. That's what marketing is about. Of addictive painkillers such as oxycotin and methadone, fentanyl. It's a 165-page lawsuit filed by the city arguing that Six of the largest manufacturers, three of the largest distributors of these prescription uh, prescription painkillers are violating federal law, creating a public nuisance, negligence, and uh, misrepresentation. And here's something new that you never see happening or very rarely, that the allegation is also that these drug companies are violating the anti-racketeering laws, typically only used to target gangsters. And with the city attorney, Mike Fuhrer, saying that these prescription drug manufacturers and distributors encourage doctors to prescribe potent painkillers for chronic long-term pain and downplay the addictive nature of the drugs. So, uh, incidentally, uh, Mike, just to let you know, uh, that's what they do. They encourage doctors to prescribe medication, especially theirs. No argument with that. The argument is that these are not particularly addictive. In fact, they shouldn't be used for long-term, chronic long-term pain. The studies have shown that it becomes very addictive. The studies have shown that you build an immunity towards these, so you need more and more. And L.A. is not alone. Hundreds of municipalities across the country are suing the drug companies. As a matter of fact, a federal judge in Ohio has consolidated 350 of these lawsuits filed by cities and counties and states. And so the issue becomes, are they lying and cheating? Of course they are. And this is exactly tobacco land. Do you remember the big tobacco cases where they settled for what? I don't remember, tens of billions of dollars. and It was just an enormous amount of money. Why? Because the tobacco companies knew how harmful tobacco was. And lied about it outright in front of Congress. By the way, not one of those tobacco guys, because they brought in the heads of the the, uh, the CEOs of these companies. They lined up like 11 of them. I'll never forget that hearing. Uh, it was a House hearing. And one of the House members asked, how many of you do not believe that cigarettes are addictive and cause cancer? All of them raised their hands saying, I don't believe it. All of them. Perjury on its face. Not one of them was nailed. But the argument was, the allegation was that, of course, uh, they were lying. They did know how dangerous cigarette smoking is. There was no warning. Matter of fact, if you go back, and this is a lot of years ago, uh, 1950s, 1960s, they would actually have television commercials and ads in magazines. I'll never forget the Chesterfield one. It's a doctor with a lab coat and a stethoscope around his neck 
holding a Chesterfield cigarette and saying it's good for you, that it relieves nervousness. So if you have a, a, a if you're nervous and you have this disorder, just smoke a Chesterfield cigarette, and you'll feel better. And this is when the studies were showing that tobacco kills. That was in by the '60s they knew that. So the lawsuit also targets not just the manufacturers but the wholesale distributors, because here's what the distributors fail to do: is to report. Large and frequent orders of prescription pain pills, which is required by state and federal law. They straight out violated federal law. Uh, There was one. There was a 2016 Times investigation, L.A. Times investigation, showing that Purdue Pharma, uh, one of the big ones, and they're the maker of Oxycontin. And uh, it's, is it Oxycontin or Oxycontin? Cotton. Uh, It's C-O-N-T-I-N. And they... Absolutely had the information that this was addictive. And they knew that you can't have pain pill druggies out there, pain pill uh, doctors, that effectively all they are are Oxycontin uh, mills. Well, there was one doctor describing more than 73,000 of these with a street value of about $6 million, and he did it in four months, or she did it in four months. And it was Purdue Pharma that knew about this doctor doing it and never reported it and didn't stop the purchase. Why? Well, because uh, I think uh, that uh, Purdue Pharma, the Oxycontin is the biggest single moneymaker they have. It's like a $2 billion a year drug. I think that this lawsuit is going to fly. I think they're going to have no defense. I think the drug companies are going to get nailed. And I think these middle these middlemen, the distributors, are going to get nailed because it is so outrageous. It is so over the top that what's going on. I mean, imagine this. They know it's exactly the same as a cigarette company today selling a pack of cigarettes and arguing it's not bad for you. I think it almost reaches that level. Okay, federal loophole uh, that I want to uh, talk to you about in just a moment. If you or someone you know or love happens to be seriously disabled, I can hire you for five cents an hour. Honest to God. Maybe a buck an hour. How is that possible? I'll do the explaining of that one, Lucy, coming up uh, next segment. KFI AM 640. Pretty little girl. Yeah, bye. Handle here on a, a Friday morning. Some of the big stories that we're covering. Michael Cohen, president's attorney. Uh, we've just heard that the feds have been monitoring his phone lines for weeks uh, leading up to the raids on his office. So uh, that's going to explode. Talking about exploding, uh, Hawaii's uh, Kilauea volcano has erupted. A lot going on, to say the least. All right, now. Oh, and when I saw this story, I went, come on. Yesterday we talked about the federal government, how can it exempt itself or throw exemptions in under any circumstances? Well, uh, let's go back to 1938. uh, And uh, that's when uh, it uh, started when uh, the government realized that uh, disabled people uh, need work. You have to get disabled people into the workforce. 
And that was the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. Lawmakers assumed that Americans with disabilities would probably never work. So to get them working, you can hire them for less than a minimum wage. And it's a little wonky as to uh, how little you can pay workers, but it can go down to like a buck an hour today easily because there's a whole formula that I don't want to go into. But under certain circumstances, it goes down to a buck an hour. Well, this is the problem. And that is that there are companies that nonprofits, for example, uh, Rock River Valley Self-Help Enterprise is an example is a vocational training program for people with disabilities. But here is the training program. They have disabled people go out. It's a subcontractor. They go out for local factories, and they provide menial tasks. In other words, the mindless uh, tasks of which uh, Rock River pays the workers a buck an hour. First of all, it's mindless work. Now, there are some people that are so severely disabled that that's all they can do. But, unfortunately, they cross the line. And so they put them in these totally mindless tasks of which there is no room to learn anything. There's certainly no room for improvement. And there's certainly no room uh, to move up the food ladder, uh, the food chain. It's impossible. Now... This, in this case, they pay workers in gift cards. That's against the law. But paying sub-minimum wage is perfectly legal. And here's how, and this is part of the formula. Workers with disabilities cannot perform a job as well as a person who's not disabled. And then the formula is, to what extent is the person with a disability less able? So let's go the other way. If a person who is uh, fully abled can, in fact, engage in a task three times faster than someone who is disabled, then you can cut the disabled person's wage to a third of what the able person is able to do. So you have people, let's say you're paying someone 10 bucks an hour, and you bring in a severely disabled person who does the work 10 times slower. There's your buck an hour, and that's perfectly legal. Well, these are done under exemptions, which have to be approved by the Department of Labor. Unfortunately, it was very easy, except it's changing. Oh, it's changing uh, because we have changed as a society. It's not a question of just putting disabled people into menial jobs. It's a question of taking disabled people and mainstreaming them putting them into jobs where they actually do something other than just help the organization. In other words, let's look at disabled people with a look at disabled people as opposed to all they can do is sweep floors, for example. And if they do it 10 times slower, they get a dollar an hour. So that is changing completely. In February, Alaska, and this is a red state, by the way, it bars employers from paying workers less, even with disabilities, less than the state's $9.75 an hour minimum wage. In other words, they're changing it. They're undoing it. Uh, what, New Hampshire uh, did it in 2015. Maryland did it in 2016. Now, 
Keep in mind, it's been legal under since 1938. So I think you're going to see, obviously, federal law change. But I wanted to share with you the concept that we in America, in dealing uh, with the concept of helping disabled people, allow them to work for a buck an hour or $2 an hour, being taken totally advantage of. Uh, life is changing, which is good, which is good. So uh, what the advocates are pushing for services that focus on independence, integration over the isolation of mental institutions or segregated workhouses or segregated facilities, halfway homes, that sort of thing. Let's bring them all in. It's a nice, it's a, it's a neat way of doing it. It really is. I like it. All right, coming up, uh, Talking Tech with Leo Laporte. Leo's going to join us, and uh, what uh, the end of Windows, I think, is what we're going to talk about. Yeah, let's do that with Leo. This is KFI AM 640. This is uh, KFI AM 640, and it is time for a Leo Report uh, high-tech segment. And uh, it's, how do I introduce Leo, Leo, as Leo Laporte? A nice guy. Nice guy. No, guy. that's true. Good-looking yeah. Or the tech, tech guy segment. All right, oh. Leo. <laughs> oh, that. I want, to, uh, I want to explore something that you had brought up uh, earlier yeah. to me, and that is the end of times. I mean, the end of windows. <laughs> kind of is Very the end biblical. Of times. Very biblical. Yeah. <laughs> It's really a change in how we think about computing. And I don't think most people have yet kind of grokked this. But Microsoft has. That's what's interesting. They reorganized last month and and basically got rid of the guy in charge of Windows and took the Windows division and split it up. And if you read the writing on the wall, it's Microsoft looking ahead and saying, you know, the dominant product for us for the last 20 years, the product that really made us uh, the, you know one of the strongest companies in, in the world, Windows is no longer important. This is kind of stunning. I mean, so there are a billion they, so people do, use Windows. Yeah, what, are, what do people do for an operating system then? Well, if you think about it, it's not that you don't have an operating system, and people will still buy Windows, but it doesn't matter. And if you think about how you use a computer these days, really, whether you're using Mac, Windows, Chrome OS, Google's Chromebooks, iOS, or Android, most of your interactions with the outside world are the same. You're basically using a browser. The browser, in a way, is your operating system. And, and the platform, the thing that programs rest on, is the Internet now, is, is the web now, not any particular operating system. If, as long as you're using Chrome, for instance, as your browser, it's exactly the same no matter what you're right. using so, for an operating system. Okay, this sounded to, to me that sounded fairly wonky. So uh, I'm, I'm let me let me ask. Let me ask <laughs> well, that's why you, that's why as normal humans aren't aware of it, but right. the companies are very aware of it because it's affecting their business. All right. So if you don't have an operating system, but you're able to, uh, well, you do, you do. It just doesn't matter what operating. All right, system. but but is it available out there? For example, I need an operating system before I go onto the internet. Correct. <laughs> yeah, but you don't care what it is. Is the point? Oh, and more I see. To the, yeah, and more to the point, and Microsoft's big, the reason this has come up in my mind, Microsoft's big developer conferences this week, was this week, uh, as was Google's. Both of them are pushing the idea of writing applications that don't require Windows or Android or iOS, that are they're basically web pages that, that download onto your computer, whether it's a, a mobile phone or a desktop or a laptop, 
and act as if they're programs that you installed. Even Microsoft Office is turning into this. It's no longer, when's the last time you bought a disk with software on it? You download it from the internet, and in, 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 in the next few years, you won't even download the program anymore. You'll just go to a website, and functionality will be added to your computer so how does, automatically. So how does Microsoft then begin to monetize uh, the, uh, the fact that we can use any operating system, we're not married to any of them, and uh, does a computer come with Microsoft uh, anywhere? It comes with Windows. You might buy a Windows computer or a Mac or an Android device or an iOS device. You'll buy what's appropriate for you. What Microsoft wants is that you use Microsoft Office everywhere. And that change started a couple of years ago with their new CEO, where he it was actually a little shocking to Windows users. He put out the best version of Microsoft Office for the iPad. And everybody said, wait a minute, <laughs> the iPad, aren't they competitors? And what's happened is that Microsoft's realized, no, this is the new world. And we want, they, Satya Nadella, the CEO, even said, we want to be wherever our users are. And so that's a very, it's a subtle but a very important change. And it's a change that even Apple's recognizing. Apple makes more money now on services than it does on Macintosh. $10 billion last quarter on App Store, Apple Music, iCloud, more than Macintosh. All right, let me uh, uh, go to a minute to Microsoft. And if uh, memory serves uh, that, uh, and I think it was uh, Bill Gates during that time when uh, the Internet became the end-all, be-all. he was he missed it. Uh, he did miss it, but he, yeah. but he was able to change the company on, on a, a dime, dime. once yep. he got it. Yep. Uh, and is that what's happening now with Microsoft, yes. with a new CEO? Yeah, and what and one of the reasons Microsoft stock has started to go up, which is really interesting, because you'd think, well, this is bad news for Microsoft, is that for a long time it was very stagnant under Steve Ballmer, Bill Gates' successor, because Ballmer, frankly, just kept making Windows an office. They, he didn't have a vision for the future. Their new CEO, Satya Nadella, who's been in for a few years now, immediately recognized this change. And just like Bill Gates, he changed the company, and the stock market's recognizing this. It's really a difficult thing to do in technology for a company. Look at IBM, for a company that had a great success, to see the world changing and then change appropriately. And Microsoft seems to have done that. That's a remarkable thing. And so this is number two that they've done it, the twice. Yeah, this is the second time they've done it. And if you think about it, Apple's doing the same thing. Even Google, which makes most of its, almost all of its money through advertisements against search, is looking at new ways to make money. And this is... The real challenge for these companies, any company, when you're a success in one field, it's very difficult to, to turn your back on that and say, here's the future. But they need to do that. Things move fast in tech. Yeah, the, the, these visionaries. Uh, so I, how many visionaries are actually left? I mean, <laughs> there are some. You know, Elon Musk, uh, I would say, uh, almost certainly the guy who runs uh, Netflix uh, Reed Hoffman is pretty. Look what Net Netflix is another example of a oh, company yeah, that changed started. Completely. Selling DVDs, renting DVDs. They don't do that any. Well, I mean, they do, but that's not their business anymore. And they're hugely successful because they were able to turn on a dime and become uh, a different kind of company. And I think that's uh, really interesting. All fascinating stuff. Leo, uh, we'll talk again. Thank you. You make it easy. Ah, my not, pleasure. Not for me, but certainly <laughs> for everybody else. I make it hard for you. Yeah, huh? of course you do. All right, take care, Leo. We'll talk again. All right, this is uh, KFI AM 640. All right, KFI Handle here, and here is your chance to win that money. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. They notify the winner by calling them. You have to pick up that call. Joyce and Artesia did, and she is $1,000 richer. Your next chance to win next hour. Uh, a bunch of years ago, I, mean, I think I just started the morning show. I happened to be in Australia on some surrogacy business, talking to a medical group. And uh, the fellow who ran the local talk station down there, a program director, I had come through Los Angeles and happened to be a, a fan of the show and asked me if I could fill in that night for the local talk show host who had taken the day off. And I said, sure. So I did a talk show in Sydney. And the issue was they were just looking at a needle exchange program in Sydney. Were they going to do it or not? And obviously, you know, I'm totally in favor of those things. And I'll never forget that. You talk about pissing off a group of people. So, there was huge controversy going on with the majority of people thinking they shouldn't do the city should not do a needle exchange program. So uh, I got on the air and I started talking about how it's important to do that, how it makes so much sense. And then I ended there was a, it was call in. And then I think I ended the monologue with and you Aussies don't know how to run a city and you don't know what the hell you're doing. Phone lines were good. I got a huge number of phone calls, I might add. Well, you talk about the hatred. But the point is, here we are, so many years later, still talking about needle exchange programs, even though there's hard evidence saying they work. Uh, Some cities are now uh, responding to the opioid epidemic by saying, we'll have a safe space for using heroin. Just not not just a needle exchange. I'm talking about sitting down, you know, putting your arm out, injecting the old heroin into your arm, and then saying thank you and getting up and walking out the door. Even with uh, the centers supplying the needles and the syringes, which I don't know the legality of that, but certainly a safe place to use those drugs. Well, uh, there's a lot of resistance there, uh, starting with uh, the feds. Uh, it's, you can imagine Attorney General Jeff Sessions, uh, first of all, warned that the facilities would violate federal law, which is probably true. Uh, the Justice Department said it's a crime, not only to use illicit narcotics, but to manage and maintain sites on which drugs are used. And also you have the NIMBY, not in my backyard. You can have all the programs you want. That's probably me. You know, I love it. Great. Just don't do it near me. Not interested. But here's the problem is that all of the arguments talking about how dangerous those places are and facilitating the use of drugs in a safe environment is harmful because that means drug use is going to become more prevalent because if you make it easy for druggies to have a safe place, uh, they're going to do more. Uh, They're going to increase their drug usage. Uh, They're going to tell their friends And you're going to have uh, just a bunch of people coming in and the area around it will have an increase in crime and drug usage. Well, there's been a few studies. I mean, real studies done. One in Europe, the European Monitoring Center for Drugs and Drug Addiction. uh, They did a study last year. And uh, the. Excuse me. 
And the researchers at uh, the Lankenau Institute for Medical Research in Pennsylvania, uh, which is a nonprofit medical research organization, both of them came up with similar findings. And that is drug use actually dropped. Crime in the area actually dropped. There is no connection between an increased use, increased number of people. just isn't true. So, for example, marijuana, right? Marijuana is a gateway drug. So now that you have recreational marijuana being used, look at the explosion of heroin addicts. Well, how about the fact that it's the opioids and not the marijuana? You think that's a possibility? So a bunch of cities are trying it. Do I think this is going to happen? Yeah, I do, actually. I think that it's going to make it healthier. I think if needles cannot be handed out and new syringes, I think there'll be people there that will warn folks that are about to be uh, about to inject themselves, saying, hey, you know, we've got hep C to worry about. Uh, We've got all kinds of diseases that you're dealing with. We have AIDS you have to worry about. Even if they're not allowed to actually hand out syringes and needles, simply have someone who's about to pop the old needle into the uh, vein in the arm saying, hey, watch out for this. Now, are some people going to pay attention? According to those studies, people do. So New York City, New York, uh, has uh, the concept has gained traction. Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio said they're going to open they're going to open up a space. It'll be known as a supervised drug consumption facility or a safe injection site. Yeah, sounds okay to me. But then I'm a big fan of you can do whatever the hell you want. I couldn't care less, just as long as it doesn't cost me money and my kids aren't involved. Well, actually, my kids are over 18, so I can't even say that anymore. Uh, yeah, they're not involved. You know, with my daughters, I think when they were 18, saying, gee, Dad, what about sex? I go, we'll talk when you're 30. Okay, I'm delusional. Uh, coming up, handle on the news, late edition. <laughs> Handle on the news. Late edition. Handle on the news. Oh, yes. Bill Handle. Only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. Bill Handle. Does now. And now, here's Bill Handle. Timing. That one just took me for a loop because there was enough music beforehand that I just thought we were right into it. So, okay. You know, if I were management, I'd fire me. At least probation. All right, before we get into handle on the news, uh, Wayne, you have an announcement. Donate now to help the American Red Cross Initiative to Get Prepared California. You and a guest will mix and mingle with the KFI crew for an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space in Los Angeles. Enjoy cocktails and appetizers. I know, he's handles sticking his finger down his throat right now. From nearly 1,000 feet above the city in the iconic U.S. Bank Tower, meet the team. There's live Q&A session, photo opportunities, and get a picture of Handel. He'll probably be flipping you off in the picture. Unlimited sky slide rides, which is the plexiglass thing outside the building after the mixer. You have to be 21 years or older to attend because everybody's going to get drunk. There's limited tickets for this event, so get them before they're gone. 
For more details, log on to KFIAM640.com and search for the keyword mixer. Yeah. And only, by the way, only the first 12 uh, callers are going to go, unless you're 13th or 14th or 18th or 28th or 56th, you'll probably get in too. Okay, let's do it. Lead story. Wait, wait, wait. It's- oh, it's a super segment. Yeah. That's right. I have, I have to no commercials till no the commercial top. No commercials till the top. All right. Lead story. Well, there you go. It's a volcano. It is a volcano in Hawaii. Uh, the, Kilauea uh, erupted. Yeah. Lava a, shooting all over a residential it's on neighborhood. on the big island. And here's something that's very important for you to know. It's in the uh, Leilani Estates near the town of Pahoa. Mm-hmm. Okay, just in case you get asked. Do you don't happen to know where well, it is? Maybe you know somebody. No, I don't know spe- the, geogra- the geography yeah. there. Uh, maybe you know somebody who lives in Leilani Estates. You know, you want to check up on them. Yeah, There's it, about, is it 1,700 people evacuated? Something, like that. something yeah. like that, yeah. Can you look up see if that's an expensive neighborhood? It is an upscale neighborhood. It really is. That's a problem. Yeah. You and- know, when it's cheap housing, eh, who cares? But when it's an expensive neighborhood... Is that it's a, uh, particularly hurtful? What is it a value added to have a house near an active volcano? I think it because you because I, I would think they'd be cheap houses <laughs> next to an active volcano. Oh, it's a cool place to live. How do you know? Not right now. It's not know, cool because you, you can go out in the water and you can see the lava going in because it you know when it flows. How out. far out in the water do you go? Because I'm a, I'm assuming that it's a little a little bit hot as it hits the ocean. Oh, you can take I a steam bath. Know. You That's could it. take a steam bath. Yeah, you you, it's it. a Schwitz. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I just did a, I just, uh, did a news story about a guy, uh, a couple who lives there, and they said that they moved to Hawaii to get away from the forest fires in California. Oh, there you are. Yeah, okay. Uh, more ammunition for Trump's fake news argument. You pick up that telephone. Yeah, yeah. He's slamming NBC. Oh, yeah, because NBC put out a headline yesterday saying feds tapped Trump lawyer right. Michael Cohen's phones. Well, and then feds started going, uh. No, it wasn't a wiretap, although NBC immediately came back and said we were wrong. It's a, a pen register. Wiretaps, you're actually listening to the phone call. Pen register, uh, all you know is you're, you are calling someone, and that's it. So it's just a and log of phone It's a log of the in and out. Right, uh, but this is you know I always express concern when the media relies only on sources not on the record, and here's, here's another one. I know, but here's the problem with that. We've talked about this before. If they didn't have anonymous sources, the only information that that we would ever be told is official is basic, basically Sandra Huckabee Sanders. I mean Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That's the only thing that they could publish. They couldn't say, well, sources say something else. We have two sources. We have three sources. Because in reality, how many people are actually authorized to speak? Very, very few. And it's done through official channels. And a communications director and a communications team goes through it with a fine-tooth comb, unless you're the president tweeting. And that's the only information we'd ever get. So what you have Amy say, the White House said uh, the EPA has just released. That's it. You would never it see could a, be, It could be former whistleblowers who at least are willing to go on the record. It could be witnesses many, that are willing to go on the record. But how many of those are there? First of all, you're not talking about witnesses. You know what? So, some source inside the White House has said, and if we use that source's name, that person is no longer inside the White House and is blackballed for ever working for the feds again. Well, it's t- they continue to do it though, at their own peril over something. No, now, it could true. be that the, person's, the people who said it 
they they were sincere and they just they didn't understand the could difference be. between a pen register and a wiretap. But still, that's what happened. And it could be uh, NB, the person at NBC News you're saying didn't understand. Or Maybe could, or, or the other one way. of the people that told they said, right. "Yeah, they're wiretapping so not, these phones." By the way, I'm not they, saying that uh, you don't suspect or should s- suspect sources. But on the other hand, look what happens if you don't. Well, I understand you where, have where far you fewer stories. You don't have any stories on. other than the official story. Okay. All right. Hey, this is very scary. Uh, you know, the Golden State Killer suspect apparently one time went to the police chief's house who fired him to try to kill him. I'm gonna get you while I got you inside. Oh, that's lovely. Wow, Nick Willick used to be the chief of the Auburn Police Department. He's the guy who fired Joseph D'Angelo for uh, shoplifting. Back in 79. Yeah, and investigators told him that one night uh, D'Angelo went to his house to kill him and walked around the house, but he couldn't find Willick's bedroom. And that's maybe the only reason that Willick is alive today. Uh, and here's what's interesting. Short time after D'Angelo was fired, he gets up one morning. His four-year-old daughter is there in the bed with him. He goes, hey, what's wrong? He goes, Dad, last night someone was looking in my bedroom window with a flashlight. Oh, jeez. How big a house was it that he couldn't find the guy's bedroom? Well, maybe he couldn't figure out which which yeah. room was the bedroom because it was dark. Oh, uh, okay. A Bay Area congressman wants to buy your guns back or else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally buying back uh, each qualifying weapon. I think he's talking about uh, semi-military style, semi-automatic assault yep. weapons. Mm-hmm. And he wants to buy them back just before passing a law that say it's illegal to even have them. And if you don't turn them in, we you hear your, cho- hear your choices. You turn them in. And we'll pay you for them. We'll pay you, or you're in violation of the law. We're and we'll take prosecute you. Yeah. So uh, what are the chances of this actually going any place? Uh, so what's going to happen first? A flying pig driving <laughs> a tank or up in the air or this bill passing or anything like this? Uh, the tank is also is up in the air with the pig That's driving correct. It? Yeah, that'll happen first. You're right. Uh, This is very interesting. Criminal gangs are really starting to use drones in ways we could never have imagined. Because we hear the stories about somebody flies a drone over the prison yard and drops some drugs. Well, apparently uh, last winter, the FBI had set up a hostage rescue team on an observation post to, to, you know, keep track of a situation. The next thing they know, a bunch of small drones are buzzing them. And flushing them out, and they totally lost situational awareness. And it's just one of the ways that these criminal groups are using them. You know what they're doing now? They're flying drones over police stations constantly to see who's going in and out to see if they can identify anybody who might be snitching on them. That's so scary. And how would they, how do they ever stop that? Uh, it's you'd almost have, impossible. Well, you'd, you'd have to actually have some kind of a blasto razor gun uh, that would uh, shoot them down a laser, not a razor. Because registering those drones isn't going to do it. Well, yeah, you know, but registering them might. If you're, well, well, forget the, are, what does the NRA do with that one? Uh, you know, leave, you don't want to take away drones from good law-abiding citizens. Only the bad guys will use drones. The, the, if you have a registration... And it's all database, of course, so it's all instantaneous uh, information. That's only after you capture or shoot yeah. down a drone, then you can maybe find out who it's registered to. But what if you would never catch them? Well, you could, uh, you know, there's, some technolo- there's a lot of technology that you could use, uh, almost like transponder uh, information oh, being that, sent out. What's that thing, the EDM 
not EDM, the electromagnetic pulse. Could you uh, do that and just pop? Yeah, out oh of the yeah, sky? absolutely, sure. It's a, it's a just a, a gun, you know, that you see in all the bad science fiction movies of the 30s and 40s. Right. You have this gun with a circular barrel, and then the neon light goes through it, and then zip. Uh, you've got yeah. There's it, there has to be a way of doing this because e- e- as difficult as this is. This is going to change law enforcement completely. Yeah, they have drone uh, jamming. SWAT teams will be in trouble. Uh, it's just there'll be no situational awareness. You're not going to be able to put anybody on a rooftop. They're going to have to figure out how to use the to, to bring the drone jamming technology that they're using in Syria. They're going to have to find a way to make it usable here, which it's not right now. Well, and then you have just someone flying overhead, and you don't yeah, see that. That's a problem. It's easy to say you can't fly in a flight path. Because right. that's a geographical area. But let's say you do have uh, legally the ability to fly over a neighborhood or fly over a commercial building. And all of a sudden that becomes a center for the SWAT team because something is happening next door. How do you stop it? How do you know which one is which? How do you know who you know, if there are criminals that are sending down signals in real time? And this is all done via cell phones. YouTube. They're yeah, they're streaming. Signals. They're streaming the video to YouTube, and then people on the ground who are part of the criminal gang crazy. can uh, look at the video and monitor what's going on. When it comes to U.S. troops, will they stay or will they go? Bring them home, bring them home. It'll make our generals sad. So, President bring Trump has requested options for reducing the number of U.S. troops in South Korea. He made the request to the Defense Department ahead of the yeah. What'll happen? Meeting. What'll happen? Yeah, no. What there? He's asking what will happen. Oh, yeah. What do we do? Give me some choices. And I, I've got a, a theory about this. And if this thing pans out, if there is a legitimate peace treaty, and it, at this point it looks pretty good. Although Kim Jong Un, of course, has a, a history of duplicity that is astounding. But let's take it to give him everybody the benefit of the doubt. You may find the DMZ disappearing. Because they won't need it anymore. You may find that part of the deal is American troops leave the uh, the border. And only the South Korean troops will be there. It'll just be a, a Korean issue. Although the president did say this morning, again, it's, he's talking, but um, he did say that's off the table. But that's that's not one of oh, the things the, they're talking oh, obviously about. Obviously not now. But what I'm saying is I think, that, I think that that is the end, uh, the end uh, piece of this thing. Is, and, and then it'll be... Hilarious because North Korea still won't let people go over the border. And then they'll Can you take imagine over the South mass Korea. exodus? So it'll be like the Mexican border, where you'll see border patrol, except the difference uh, North Korea border patrol, be, it'll be like um, the Berlin Wall, where people try to cross it, they got shot. And so you'll see North Koreans attempting to cross the border, and they won't. Uh, it's going to become the U.S. Mexican border, except with a lot of guns and a lot of people being shot. And helicopter gunships, and maybe a, a nuclear weapon or two, but tactical, small. I'm kind of hoping for a better outcome. Uh, closer to home, Rancho Palos Verdes, home of the very swanky Terriana Resort and the Trump National Golf Course. They uh, might get to vote there on an ordinance. It would require those two places to put panic buttons on the premises for their employees. Hey, and Curtis, that, they might put panic buttons there Panic button music for their please. employees, I panic, say. Panic button music? Oh, he All right, he's panicking and hitting buttons. <laughs> uh, anyway, and it has to do with a woman complaining that she was uh, assaulted. I think it was at the Terriana, and so now they're saying they should have panic buttons. Well, you think about it. How many maids, uh, you know, housekeepers, et cetera, who are so vulnerable get hit up by uh, 
businessmen, for example, that have yeah. gone down, they're drunk, they come up to their room and uh, they call for room service or whatever, or they come in during the day and there's a housekeeper. Very, I, I, who was it that I just heard? Uh, was it uh, here? I just read it uh, this morning that uh, like 80%, 75% of housekeepers have been sexually assaulted. Seriously? That's what I heard this morning, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't remember where I got it. Uh, it could have been uh, either I read it or uh, the unnamed radio station uh, that while I was channel surfing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That I never tuned well, into. Well, it couldn't have been that, that because I that I would mean you to. turned away from KFI, and we know that does not happen. Uh, yeah, especially uh, George Norrie this morning. I think it was Martian anal probes again, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, diamonds may be forever, but uh, Trump doesn't have to be. At least not his name. On a building in New York. Now, this is the uh, the co-op, uh, the group that controls uh, the condo owners, probably an HOA then. And uh, there was an informal survey done. Two-thirds of uh, the people who own condos in uh, the Trump Tower want his name removed. They don't want Trump Tower anywhere near that. Is this the Trump Tower? No, no, no. This it's another is a, Trump Tower. another building oh, okay. on Riverside Boulevard. Right. Uh, but it's still, it still has Trump on the building. Big, huge names. When we went to Chicago and stayed at the Trump property, that's all it said. Trump across the top in letters that were eight feet tall. So now. They have the right to do that. The judge ruled that they, oh, if yeah. they vote no one's to gonna, take it down, they can. Yep, no one's going to do that. Now, the only issue is, since it's been up there for so long, uh, it's going to discolor yes. uh, the building under that. You're still going to so, see it. So here, I have, I have a way out on this. They just add right above it, formerly, in oh. big, huge letters. Why don't they just take the, the, the U and replace it with an O and just call it the Trump? And they can claim it's French. That's even better than mine. Uh, unemployment has dipped below 4% for the first time since 2000. Take this job and shove it. I think it's just the first part of that. They're just taking the jobs, and they're not shoving them. For sure. And uh, this is absolutely phenomenal news. The economy is on a tear. It's just going. And how do I know the economy is on a tear? Because I heard Donald Trump take credit for it uh, five times already, and it's only uh, 8.51 in the morning here. Uh, On the other hand, uh, to counter what you just said, I think it's Valerie Jarrett who's going around saying everybody should be thanking President Obama for these numbers this month. Well, in reality, now here's a reality check. The economy started coming back during Obama's last term. And by the time Trump was elected, the economy was going up at a rapid rate. And to the end, of course, uh, the Trump people say it was Obama that created the recession even though he inherited the recession. So the truth is the recession ended during both the tenure of Obama and Trump, and it's all cyclical anyway. That's my point. It all it just goes up and it goes down. The only person that it wasn't cyclical was Bill Clinton, who came in at the moment the economy started doing better and left when the economy was on a roar. Eight Years of solid growth under the Clinton campaign, under the uh, Clinton administration, of which how much did he have to do with it? Zero. But they're always going to take credit for it. Always. Bill Gates is saying he wants to spend one hundred and eighty, uh, one hundred fifty-eight million dollars to fight poverty. 
<laughs> nice. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation says it will spend that money on the issue over the next four years, but they didn't really say how they no, would spend it's, the it's money. It's going to be to pilot programs. It's going to be studies. I mean, the, it, what they should do is take $158 million and find 158 million poor people and just hand them a buck. That would help. Or they could hand it over to the city because isn't the city going to spend $140 million or something like that uh, on, on homelessness? They could just give it to us. Speaking of money, uh, the White House wants to cut $11 billion from the budget. And I know what you're thinking. Money. Wait, didn't they? Here we go. Here we go. With timing again. Um, didn't they just pass this $1.3 trillion yeah, this omnibus? This, this doesn't off the touch table. any right. of that. And it's what makes this interesting, it's $11 billion to be cut It was originally $60 billion to be cut. So that's been winnowed down and uh, targeting some of the funds, energy stimulus programs uh, may touch health care and agricultural programs, although that's not going to happen. No, they would never have to go like crazy. So it's, um, well, this president, this administration hates alternative energy. And so you'll see federal alternative energy programs disappear, which, and I just want to bring up a point. Is that if you remember uh, the president during the campaign, Hillary Clinton talked about jobs and the president said, we're going when he became president, we're going to to save the jobs. West Virginia coal miners, for example. There are 75,000 West Virginia coal miners. There is 10 times that many in the alternative energy segment, three quarters of a million people. And that number is exploding. It's the fastest growing segment in the country. But we don't believe in that. So we're going to cut federal programs, training programs. We're going to cut research programs, grants. Why? Because, number one, global global warming doesn't exist. It's a hoax. And, of course, alternative energy really isn't a good idea. What we really have to do is simply dig for more oil, more national uh, natural gas, because the only footprint we want is a size 12 shoe from, let's move on. John DeLorean's widow is suing his company. So the DeLorean Motor Company is facing a lawsuit over money it got from the Back to the Future movies. The suit says DeLorean was given 5% of the net profits from Back to the Future for merchandising. And the widow is saying, yeah, I think I want it. Well, she's saying she owns X number of shares of stock and she didn't see any money. And the DeLorean Motor Company has not distributed, I guess, uh, uh, has not distributed income uh, that it got. So uh, it's a lawsuit between her and DeLorean. I didn't even know DeLorean Motor Company was around. I haven't seen a DeLorean since the Back to the Future. Oh, you can actually buy a DeLorean. They're about $25,000. There are enough DeLoreans flying around and enough parts that are out there that for twenty five grand you can actually take an old one and refurbish it or buy a Effectively a brand new DeLorean. Does it come with a flux capacitor? It probably does not. Not under the Trump administration, it won't. <laughs> oh, and real quickly, no Nobel Prize for Literature is going to be awarded this year. Did you it'll, know? Be aw- it'll be awarded next, next year. But you know that the Nobel Prize Committee does not have to award a Nobel Prize every year. No. There have been years where they just said, no, thank you. So uh, that's what they're saying for literature. And it'll be some obscure uh, poet that comes out of Tierra del Fuego that no one ever heard of. 
Yeah, but why aren't they giving it out this year? Because they're riddled. The, the board that hands out the, the literature prize is riddled with a sex scandal uh-huh. right now. Turned out that Harvey Weinstein was on the Nobel Prize <laughs> board, and it was very embarrassing. Okay, we're done. Coming up, John Thomas with the Thomas Guide. Oh, we've got a few things to talk about. And then Foodie Friday. Cinco de Mayo's coming up. What does that mean other than you're getting drunk? Not much. Okay. KFI AM 640. Time for the Thomas Guide to All Things Political. John Thomas on The Bill Handel Show. Cambridge Analytica filing for bankruptcy has been vilified for activities that are not only legal, but also widely accepted. The siege of media coverage has driven away virtually all of the company's customers and suppliers. KFI Handel here. And it is Friday. It's time for the Thomas Guide to Politics with John Thomas, our consultant extraordinaire. And, uh, John, just before I say hello, do you have something to say? Bill, it's Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets. Wow. It's back. Wow. They're giving you a chance to win free movie tickets. So, Bill, will you text them now? Okay. Text reporter to Adam1. That's A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win Adam Tickets apps, the 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 app, you, you order your tickets and your concessions ahead of time. Standard data and text messaging rates apply. How was that? I've got wood. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm going home. All Robin, right. Robin, please. <laughs> All right. John, the world of politics. Uh, oh, God. Uh, just real quickly, because Michael Cohen and Rudy Giuliani, I mean, we got so much to cover. Uh, but first of all, uh, this uh, has come out uh, that Cambridge Analytica is just shutting down. Now, this is a hugely successful company. You've used them, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't do anything more wrong than anybody else. They're competitors. I mean, they do exactly the same thing. And they're just and they're shutting out, shutting down. Uh, they've lost clients. Yeah, this is a classic case of brand challenges it's not so much that their product was wrong product was fine as good as anybody else who supplies that kind of product it was that the ceo got caught on an undercover tape talking about how he can extort people and puts uh, prostitutes in people's hotel rooms that's not so good for the brand the image of the brand and also just the broader yeah. idea that they got yeah. something that they shouldn't have got that they might be a bad actor poisoned the well so much that Lots of client, lots of consultants I know pulled their business from them simply because they didn't want to receive a call from a reporter saying, "Why are you working with Cambridge Analytica? I see a hundred thousand dollar bill." So was it the CEO? Uh, what his was it his actions mm-hmm. that did it? Was it the fact that they used that information wrongly because they were hired to do the op research, uh, the oppo research anyway? Uh, and so I don't quite understand I, other than I, I the CEO. It, well, I think it was the one-two punch. First, the the idea that they stole, use improperly used people's data. They got something they shouldn't have had, although technically it was Facebook yeah. that gave it to them. But that started the controversy. And then, the, of course, the, the extortion remarks kind of sealed the deal. But it just goes to show, uh, you know, the guys that – Well, and remember, you also have a disgruntled former employee from Cambridge who's been on the talk show circuit for the last two months just slamming Cambridge and how they – unlawfully or, or, or un, uh, knowingly inappropriately use this data that they got. So I think that also did the deal was there was a spokesman against the group 
on every news station. Now, Steve Bannon was vice president one time, right? Mm-hmm. Did he found the company? I don't believe he was the founder, but he he was around the same time that it was founded because um, a, a billionaire who who put a, who put the seed capital in um, Bannon went with that billionaire. It was the Mercer family. Got it. And then so, uh, so they're toast. But here's the thing: uh, I mean, the CEO is going to have a tough effort finding another gig. But all of those data geeks and the product, I mean, they're just going to reassemble under another name. Uh, and and, and do are, the same thing. And do the same thing. And remember, there are, gosh, domestically, I'd say there are three or four companies that provide that exact product. So it's not as if they had this, you know, magic in a bottle that nobody else had. It's they they provide data analytics packages that lots of campaigns use. All right, you're pretty tied into what's going on with the uh, Trump folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudy Giuliani went on Sean Hannity, and even Sean Hannity was stunned at what should have been just puffball questions. And what kind of damage did Rudy Giuliani do? And his team is sandbagged, or so the reports are coming out. So give us the insight on that. Well, this this is so fascinating to me, because on the one hand, I can see why President Trump was attracted to Giuliani, because here's a guy who's a lawyer, a former prosecutor, uh, has media chops, has political chops. He potentially has the perfect blend of things. Yet, uh, in an environment where words, every single syllable truly matters, Giuliani just seems to let it rip. I mean, I, I think we saw an interview this morning on, on ABC where Giuliani says Trump has a 50-50 shot at getting subpoenaed. I mean, you, just don't, you, just don't, <laughs> you just don't go around as the president's attorney being cavalier about those kinds of things because that will whip up. I, I don't think what Giuliani fully understands is that what he says, even in a one-sentence blip, where I know Giuliani was thinking when he said that 50-50 shot, he was basically saying it was the follow-up sentence is what he was thinking, which was, and it's my job to prepare for that 50% chance that he does get subpoenaed. That's my job. But there's a chance he doesn't, too. But he doesn't realize that the takeaway right. is that, is 50, is, is, 50. Is that the, you just yeah. admitted and that President Trump is now going to have to deal with the next week's news cycle of undoing that mess. Uh, Giuliani uh, totally contradicting everything that Michael Cohen said, everything the president said. You remember that Air Force One mm-hmm. impromptu press conference and effectively calling them, well, saying that that's not what happened. Here is the truth, and that is the president did pay uh, the $130,000, but he really didn't pay. What he did is he gave Michael Cohen $35,000 a month for effectively doing nothing, but just to take care of things, uh, which, of course, is ridiculous as far as a retainer is concerned. Um, What kind of harm do you think there that you're now getting three different stories? Well, Giuliani said later that evening to the Washington Post that he had Trump's authorization to make that particular statement. Did he? Well, look, I think he probably did because it makes sense from a broader legal shift to sh- if you can alleviate any criminality that Cohen might have done there, ah. that perhaps Cohen might not flip on Trump. Got it. So I want to take a break and I want to come back because there's two issues there. And that is maybe they did everything they should have in terms of any criminal liability and the worst thing they could have done for political, uh, they they could be politically attacked for political Mm -hmm. liability. Although I don't know if there's ever going to be political liability with Donald Trump.
I can explain that. Please. We'll come back and then also your chance to win a thousand dollars. I'm starving. Food. Glorious food. Do you know how to cook or do you just know how to put trash in the oven and then put it on a plate? It's Foodie Friday with Neil Saavedra on The Bill Handel Show. KFI Handel here on a Friday. Uh, Big stories that uh, we're covering that are trending, I mean, all day long. Uh, Michael Cohen, federal agents say they were monitoring his phone phone lines for weeks. Not wiretapping, simply uh, it's called a pen register, which means they knew who he called for how long, and that's it. And then uh, the uh, Kilauea volcano in Hawaii erupting again. And so it's uh, lots of lava. Don't live next to a place that is named Kilauea. That's true. I think it's Kilauea. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's the Close. Hawaiian pronunciation. Yes, that's yeah. true. Just I'm I'm just speaking the American yeah. pronunciation. Kilauea. All right. Neil Saavedra with a Fork Report. Of course, and Neil heard uh, every Saturday from two to five o'clock with the Fork Report, and on social media uh, at Fork Reporter, and that's Instagram and. Yeah. Twitter and all that. And then on the website, it's KFIAM640.com, and the keyword is Fork Report. Go figure. You go figure. All right. Hey, I wanted to, before we get started, remind everybody of the KFI Mixer coming up at OUE Skyspace. All the KFI hosts, this really is one of those one-of-a-kind experiences. You can donate now to help the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared California. The big one's coming. You know, um, RJ? in the online department says it's going to be June or July. He has a feeling. And is he asking everybody to sell everything they have and go I under don't know. a rock? Hey, I'm, okay. I'm just passing on the information. By the way, just in terms of the big one coming up, every morning I wake up and I get in the shower, and it's hard to believe that I shower daily, but I think, is it going to hit this morning? Because it always hits. The last several have gone 4, 4.30 in the morning. A strange fun fact? The reason why I am here at KFI is because of you doing uh, earthquake coverage in 94. Really? Yeah, I was a fan of the show, but uh, listening to that coverage made me want to, I was doing radio somewhere else, made me want to come here and intern for you, which is what I did. Yeah. So go figure. So you and a guest can mix and mingle with all this craziness, uh, a thousand feet above the sky at the iconic U.S. Bank Tower. It's going to be really lovely. We're going to have drinks and food. Of course, those past appetizers are always going to be great. Live Q&A session, which I must tell you is always uh, raucous. And uh, photo opportunities, unlimited sky rides following the mixer. All guests must be 21 years or older to attend. OUE Sky Space is the premier destination for panoramic 360-degree views of Los Angeles. You'll also have a chance to feel, feel the thrill and bill. Actually, mm. with your experience of the heart-pounding adventure. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There is uh, limited tickets. Get them before they're gone. Go to KFIAM640.com. Search Mixer. KFIAM640.com. Search Mixer. All right. Let's get to it. Let's uh, do it. Cinco de Mayo is coming Yay up in, five. in tomorrow. And I don't know how you say uh, let's stay sober in Spanish, but it's not going to work come Cinco de Mayo, is it? Well, here's the weird thing. Cinco de Mayo in in the United States is like St. Patrick's Day. You don't go to Ireland, and they're not having, like, corned beef, and they're not going, uh, you know, let's let's put uh, green food coloring in our beer. 
Americans tend to take uh, really lovely commemorative days and and crap on them and say, let's Amer- let's make American. And then we we get cheese whiz and we put it on chips and we get and we make really bad ice margaritas uh, and we go woo five. Uh, but that's not it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with uh, Mexican independence. It was the Mexican victory at the Battle of Puebla during the Franco-Mexican War. Yeah, it wasn't War. even with the United States. It was just no. it was and it's a minor battle. No, it was actually after the, their independence from Spain. Uh, it came after the Mexican-American War. It came after the American or the Mexican Civil War, and uh, so the celebration is not really it's not widespread throughout Mexico to begin with. There is parts of Mexico that celebrate it, uh, but it, the 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 whole uh, the whole state of Mexico doesn't uh, celebrate it. All you know, it's just little places, and they certainly don't do it with like spiced ground beef and a hard shell taco with. Lettuce that doesn't even and, exist in Mexico, yeah, and and jack cheese or something, but they they do these really wonderful meals with. Think about this. Think about a crappy nachos. Now I like nachos, but think about crappy nachos versus lamb barbacoa. Come on now, you get low and slow smoked underground and banana leaves or carnitas topped with uh, queso fresco. These are things that are often consumed during the celebration. There, but you come here and it's like, hey, hard shell tacos, five. I'll, and st- I'll still take the Del Taco tacos or the Taco Bell. I love those. I, you ever like, seen those? I like all of that as well. Have you ever seen the boxes of the meat delivered to the Taco Bell? And it's hilarious. Real, this on printed on the cardboard. Real meat. And then there's an asterisk at minimum of 10%. No. I'm just making that up. You're full of crap. I am. Actually, I am. can I tell you something I know, I about love them. Yum Brands and uh, Taco Bell? And for all the poking and prodding that Taco Bell gets, uh, Taco Bell was at the forefront of making their food more nutritious. Before anybody else, they were taking sodium out, um, putting better ingredients in. I really do love as their a vegetarian, As a place for vegetarians, it's great. And I know that everybody likes to poke at them because they're fast food. But I tell you, they hey, were at the forefront right. before everybody else was taking garbage now, out. Now, when you talk about those great dishes, uh, Cinco de Mayo, the lamb barbacoa, for example, and uh, you're talking about their version of the nachos. Uh, where do you get that? Are, is it available well, at vir- virtually all good Mexican restaurants? N- no, it really isn't. And the, this uh, Puebla in Mexico is considered uh, by many the gastronomical capital of Mexico. So you're finding the very authentic foods that are used to celebrate uh, Cinco de Mayo, things like mole poblano. Ah, and, and love holy moly. Yeah, there oh, is, you know it. Yes, there's holy moly. You know, let's take a, a break real quick and we'll come back because I'm crazy about mole. Yeah, we'll, get, um, we'll also get into, uh, for the Americans that are celebrating Cinco de Mayo, get into the best cures for a hangover. Yeah, that's a good one, too. So we'll be right uh, back with all of that. KFI AM 640. And the morning crew, Neil Saavedra, Foodie Friday, just before Gary and Shannon show up on a Friday. Tomorrow, it's Handle on the Law from 6 to 11 o'clock. And Neil's show, of course, is 2 to 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon with uh, the Fork Report. All right, Neil. uh, Mexican food. Going to just finish it up real quickly before we get into hangovers. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, tomorrow, 
Great food, lots yeah. of booze. It's not it's not just hard shell tacos and you know uh, nachos and bad margaritas. There's actually such thing as good margaritas, and you make a good margarita, and you will never ever go back to that syrupy now, garbage. Are you a blended margarita guy no. or on the rocks? I'm on the rocks. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I I've never cared much for. You know, a Slurpee for my booze. See, I love that. And I'll always uh, drink. I drink all of those, Mai Tais, and hold the liquor. Because the liquor gets in the way of the taste. Mai Tai is a lovely drink, if done right. Uh, mai Tai, it should be layered. It should be colorful. And you should drag the straw from the bottom to the top while you drink it. Oh, there's a whole science to uh, it. Yeah, it's lovely. But the only thing that I really do blended, if I'm going to do something, would be a pina colada. My favorite one. Very you ever lovely. Had, have you ever had a tuna colada? No one has. It's it's a it's literally one can of tuna to uh like a liter of pina colada. It's fabulous. And you put it in a blender, do you? Oh yeah. Wow. That as if your personality wasn't repulsive enough, now your breath and the consumption of that will repulse people as well. Mole Poblano, as I said, it moles oh, I love really mole. are, are a beautiful thing. There's there's so many different subtleties to them and the regions and so what so forth, but all of that prep uh, is is worth it because the taste ends up being incredibly. Uh, it, it comes out being unique. Oh, you and I have gone to a depth. couple of restaurants that you have your choice of moles. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, like a tasting menu of Rocios, moles. Yeah, 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 wonderful. Um, uh, chalupas, which are not the chalupas that you think here, fast food wise, but chalupas are this fried thick. Uh, tortilla topped with salsa, shredded meat, um, chopped onions, maybe some queso fresco, and they're really lovely. Kind of a street food. And that's something that you would find uh, throughout uh, Puebla as well. And then lastly, the uh, chilies in Nogada is this beautiful Mexican dish that kind of is symbolic and often, quite honestly, is something you'd see for Mexico's Independence Day. But it's this uh, sweet, savory dish. You've got stuffed poblano uh, pepper dipped in egg batter, fried, Ugh. topped with rich walnut sauce, pomegranate seeds, parsley, and it's lovely. And so it's got the red, the white, uh, and the green of the Mexican flag, and it's beautiful. But there's I, I, I love fried everything. Look in for Mexico. great regional dishes here because you can find them in Southern California. It's not just refried beans and jack cheese and all of that. There's much more to the Mexican cuisine, and uh, try and celebrate wow. that as part of your Cinco de Mayo as well. Hangover cures. Hangover cures. Okay, this is what I tell everybody when, when they ask me, and inevitably, inevitably they do. They say, what is the best hangover cure? The best hangover cure is water. The fact is the majority of what's going on in the body has to do with dehydration. Alcohol is a diuretic, so you're peeing out everything, and your body's looking to replenish that. Now, there are other ways to get that liquid in you, like uh, sports drinks or coconut water or Pedialyte. Um, these things do have the electrolytes in there and they have sugars that will help get you back into balance. Uh, ginger is good for an upset stomach. So uh, a real ginger beer or something like that, maybe a ginger tea, a peppermint tea, both really good for the stomach. Uh, fruit juices like apple or cranberry, but stay away from OJ. Stay away from orange juice. Stay away from uh, vegetable juices that uh, are high in acid that have a lot of tomato in them. It just upsets your stomach. Coffee, here's the rule with coffee. Coffee doesn't do crap. However, if you have a normal coffee consumption that you do each morning, there's no reason to change it. Take some of the liquid, liquid from that and you'll, you'll be fine. The problem with coffee is it too is a diuretic. 
So you you don't you're trying to get liquids into your body to stay into your body. Don't have uh, greasy foods. Have things like eggs, uh, bananas, leafy greens, chicken noodle soup, things that are going to stick to your ribs a little bit. Uh, crackers, toast, honey, all fine. But stay away from that concept of uh, hair of the dog that bit you, which is a Scandinavian concept, I guess, of you should always have the antidote is in the venom kind of uh, you know attitude. So go ahead and consume more booze and you'll feel better. Don't do that. Don't do that. Now, Just on your show, it. and I know uh, Gary is going to show up real quickly, uh, every week you give stuff away. Oh, we tend to. Yeah, right. we try and find stuff. Uh, there's all kinds of things that uh, come up, uh, whether it's Disneyland tickets or concert tickets or uh, you know, gift cards for restaurants and stuff. There's all kinds all right. of stuff. And I do it online, too. So follow me on Instagram at Fork Reporter. All right, Neil. Uh, we'll talk uh, certainly next week. Have a good one. After the show, let's talk. Okay. Let's make a date. We can do that, okay. too. Yes. All right, Gary, uh, Gary and Shannon. Not do it in the hallway Gary, this time? What? Do it behind closed doors. Yeah. Oh. It's just awkward. It's just. I'm, I'm sorry that human love offends you. All right. So now let me do that again. The Gary and Shannon Show, Gary Hoffman. Um, We are going to start right off the bat with uh, former Sacramento County Sheriff John McGinnis. Uh, Both Shannon and I were there while he was in the department in Sacramento. So uh, we'll talk to him about the Golden State Killer and the things that he knew when he knew them while he was working in the department. Also an update on uh, Mount Kilauea, as they like to say. Kilauea Volcano. That's what I said. Kilauea. Kilauea. Yeah. Uh, And then also, my game show finally aired overnight. The game show that that was on. You were the host, or you were on the game show. I was the contestant. Yeah, I was a contestant. So, did you um, win anything? Well, yeah. I mean, I can say it now because it aired. Uh, Yeah, I won. But uh, Shannon saw some of the clips. She hasn't seen the whole episode. And even just from the clips that they sent us, that said they said we could use. She said, I look like such a D in in every one of these clips. So. I love it. Mm, in person. Stop it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Gary, I'm smiling and jovial. What right. do you mean? Gary and person. Shannon show coming up. God, I could do this forever. I love it. But I can't because Gary's showing up. All right. You could do what forever? Oh, make fun of you. Oh, that. Oh, and have, oh just and sit here with Neil and oh. just have this repartee. Or repartee. Repartee is also good if you have a hangover. That's true. With peppermint and ginger. Right. Gary, have a good show. <laughs> Thank you. KFIAM 640.